Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in Rams podcast, episode 128. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen, and today we will be discussing the Rams and Panthers. Uh, the Rams did end up winning 24 to 10. They move on to three and three and move into a very much needed buy. Before we get into the rest of the episode, I'd ask if you haven't already on no matter what platform you're using, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Um, if you are on YouTube, be sure to hit the thumbs up button in addition to that and drop a comment if you would like, as well as a review. If you want to review the uh, podcast, you can definitely do that on all podcast platforms. Uh, but without further ado, Let's dive into the show. So we move on here. We're going to talk about the Rams offense to start in Matthew Stafford. Obviously, everybody is going to talk about the interception, but I think Matthew Stafford played a very good football game once again. If you take away the interception, which obviously you don't need to take away, it did happen. It was a pick six and it did give Carolina their only touchdown of the game. Uh, but Matthew Stafford was 26 of 33 for 253 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, he was only sacked once and had a 96.1 passer rating. He is the second quarterback in the NFL only behind Geno Smith and has been pretty much the entire year in pass completion. And, and I think that is definitely something that he prides himself on uh, completing a high number of passes being accurate. And they haven't gone down the field anywhere near as much as what you would expect, but still 7.7 .7 yards uh, per reception uh, is not bad. Uh, 10 of 13, 108 yards, 8.3 average, a touchdown interception, 94.4 passer rating when blitzed. And when kept clean, Matthew Stafford was 21 of 26 for 8.2 average, uh, 213 yards, a touchdown interception, 97.6 passer rating. So how did the Rams really do this? Um, I mean, I think overall they won this game because I don't think the other team's very good. But on top of that, I really do think that the Rams played well in certain areas of their team. Uh, the offensive line kept Stafford clean, despite the fact that Nopum goes down after only playing four uh, you know, reps in pass pro. And now all of a sudden you have to shift everything on the offensive line. You have Bobby Evans coming in. You know, he he's left guard coming in this game and you have 
you know, Cologne obviously at center, but now you're moving Alaric Jackson from right guard to left tackle. And then on top of that, you move Ode Abushi, who wasn't even on this roster, you know, a month ago, and now he's starting at right guard. It's your 10th, you know, different starter on the offensive line. It's going to be your seventh different starting combination going into the 49ers game. So pretty crazy stuff to only give up one sack. And it wasn't even really given up at the end of the day. It was credited to Matthew Stafford for holding on the ball too long. Um, That says a lot. He threw a really bad interception. And really the reason it was so bad is because it gave the Panthers momentum when your defense was absolutely stifling them for one for two, it was at the end of the first half. Uh, So you're trying to get points, but you're definitely not trying to get anything there. Uh, You're not trying to give them any sort of reason to feel like they're in this game, let alone a lead. Um, You know, you're trying to go down and score at the very least. If you don't score, you run out the clock and the Panthers don't get the ball back. Instead, that was not how that happened. Uh, Stafford was only pressured seven times in this game. And like I said, he took a sack that he was given, but he's very accurate in getting the ball to Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson, Ben Skoranek, and whoever else he was targeting in this game. Uh, Stafford in the game plan, in my opinion, based on what I watched, didn't involve the deep ball. And I know maybe it was probably there. Like, they probably had a moment where they wanted to test it. But for the most part, no throws past 20 yards, uh, you know, according to PFF. So they didn't really rely on the deep ball. It was the short intermediate game, getting the ball out quickly. And what this ultimately does, I think, is it gives your offensive line confidence. If you're not giving up sacks, then your offensive line is going to feel pretty good about themselves, right? So when you're getting the ball out quickly, it doesn't matter how it happens. If at the end of the game, the offensive line didn't give up a sack and only had seven pressures compared to last year with, you know, last week with 25 and the week before that with 28, I think they're going to take that to the bank and accept that for what it was. Um, Stafford was seven of eight on, you know, the medium 10 to 19 yard passes uh, for 107 yards and a touchdown. Um, And he had a perfect passer rating when, you know, targeting the middle, uh, you know, the medium part uh, of the field. Um, And and he was perfect on play action. Uh, Big, big thing here. Hopefully, as we come out of the bye, the Rams can develop more of a balanced run attack and open up the play action more because today, I mean, he he was perfect in this game, you know, 13 to 13 for 145 yards, 11.2 average yards per play. Absolutely love that from Stafford. You know, he'll take that. I think anybody will take that. Um, that, It was a big day, honestly, to get that that passing game going uh, through the play action game. So looking at it, I understand there's going to be people that complain about Stafford. I get the interception was bad. I can't defend it. I was really upset about it. Um, But I was upset because it really is going to kind of just shed that light. The light is going to be basically over Stafford the whole year. Rather, the not the light, but the shadow, uh, because it's always going to be about the interceptions and it'll nullify what was a really good game played by Stafford, albeit the defense is a little banged up. But this is still a team that pressured the quarterback 88 times coming into this game. So I don't care. The offensive line played very well and Stafford rewarded them aside from the interception. Moving on to the run game. Uh, I was confused. Um, going into this game, the Rams aren't going to have Cam Akers. So, you know, obviously it sounds like he's done with the Rams and all of that. Um, but I think part of what Cam Akers might've been saying, and I don't know what he said, but I heard philosophical differences with Sean McVay in using the running back. And while I think Cam Akers had the right approach here, because I don't think they utilized the running back enough. I don't think it made sense for him. This guy was averaging 2.9 yards per carry. 
Daryl Henderson was averaging 4.1. So in reality, I think it he's right in a sense. It is hard to get running backs to get into a rhythm. But at the same time, you know, it's not necessarily for him. And we kind of saw this in this game. Uh, Henderson had fewer carries in this game than Akers had last game with 12. Akers had 13. Uh, Henderson took 12 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. He was absolutely uh, clutch. He was needed on that 73-yard 13-play drive with, you know, took up seven minutes of the clock, you know, was capped off with the Allen Robinson twisting touchdown in the end zone. Absolutely loved it back uh, pylon. That was so important. And Henderson took a third and 15 after Matthew Stafford had an intentional grounding penalty. He took a, a third and 15 and got 16 yards. Uh, he really led them on that drive. He also had a touchdown later on in the game where, you know, this is somebody that I've heard a lot of the stuff out there. The naysayers always say this guy goes down first contact. I don't know how he stayed up then and got the, the touchdown in the red zone. But, um, but yeah, very, very exciting stuff there to see him doing that. Uh, he averaged three yards after contact per carry, which is something that has always been against Henderson is that he doesn't break enough tackles. He broke two. Uh, 36 of his 43 yards came after contact, but I am a yards per carry guy, and he did only have 3.6. So there are people that are going to knock him for that. Uh, my argument is why was he only used 12 carries in this game? Uh, it is really confusing. Malcolm Brown was just elevated off the practice squad. He gets seven carries for 15 yards. That's 2.1 yards per carry. That's not even as good as what Akers was doing. Uh, so really concerned there, the way they kind of, you know, force fed this into a running back by committee. When in reality, I think you really have the better running back is Henderson. Ronnie rivers got a carry for zero yards, but I really liked Ronnie rivers in the passing game. I think that's how they should use him. Uh, it, there was a moment deep in their own territory. You had a second and one and a third and one, and they brought in Hen uh, not Henderson. They didn't have Henderson. They had Malcolm Brown. He gets stuffed. They put in Ronnie rivers, third and one. He gets stuffed. And I'm sitting there with, like this confused look like Henderson is your best short yardage runner. Uh, he's your best runner, period. He should have been in there. Um, I just, I had a serious issue with that early on. Uh, the defense struggled mightily against the outside run coming into this game. One of the worst defenses in all of football when you run to the left and right end. And for whatever reason, the Rams didn't take advantage of this with the running backs. Uh, Henderson's one of the better running backs in football this year when running that toss crack to the left. I mean, teams have not been able to stop him, and he's really gashed teams because what that does is it allows him to basically read the field, use his lateral agility, and use his one-cut ability, essentially. And that's what he was coming out of Memphis. So it's confusing why they tried to use him up the middle a lot in this game. And I do think that actually had a negative impact on his yards per carry. Plus, I do think as well as the offensive line played as a pass protection unit, I do think they struggled mightily against the run. Shout out to Derek Brown. Shout out to Matt Ioannidis. Shout out to Brian Burns. Guys like that really made an impact, I thought, in stopping the run. Uh, so that's pretty much why that was the case. Um, but, you know, seven receiver carries, okay? I am all for that if it's working, whatever, but they kept using it to the outside, which is why it was working. Like, if you use that with running backs, I think you would have had more success. 
but they use seven wide receiver carries in total. They use Tutu Atwell. They use Cooper Cup. They use Brandon Powell. They use uh, all sorts of Ben Skronik ran for a touchdown. So a little surprise there. Um, and I do think just bottom line, the stats show it. Teams respect Cam Akers less than they do Daryl Henderson in that Rams backfield because when Daryl Henderson was in, uh, first off, he has an 8% higher rate of eight plus defenders in the box, according to NFL next gen stats, which tells me that they respect the run more when he's in. And secondly, this was the first time all year they've been able to really get the run going with the wide receivers. You know, those jet sweeps. I don't think it was a coincidence. It came when Henderson was starting. I think teams really respected Henderson more. Uh, they also ran to the, you know, d- the deficiency of the defense uh, to the outside, but I was a little surprised that they didn't really get Henderson his carries in this game, only 12. Um, I thought he could have done more with with more carries. Uh, it, you know, he's more of a rhythm runner. And when you have him running once every play he's in, you know, say they have 12, uh, not once every play, but uh, once every drive, you have 12 drives and now Henderson's running 12 times. Just kind of weird. I didn't really like the usage of, of Henderson in this game. Um, it just felt like they never allowed him to get into a rhythm and they're Sean McVay's forcing this running back by committee. And at this point it's ridiculous. Cause I mean, I like Malcolm Brown as much as the next guy, but Malcolm Brown is not the runner. Henderson is, he might've been in 2020. He's not now. Uh, so that was a little surprising there. Um, and then, you know, forcing Henderson as a decoy. I mean, he's fourth in the NFL in routes run for a running back in the entire NFL and has only 17 targets while pretty much everyone else ahead of him has in the 25s to even 40s. You talk about Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon, who's tied with him, and Leonard Fournette and Devin Singletary. These guys have over 25 targets. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Plus, Henderson leads the league in running back snaps out wide by three more than the next um, running back. So right now, I've heard a lot of the the people out there saying, you know, you have to be at the game. You have to actually watch the game. You have to be at SoFi to understand that Henderson's calling himself out of the game because he's exhausted. And, you know, if that's true, say I give it to you, that's true, right? It's true because Daryl Henderson is being given the fourth most routes run of any running back in the NFL, And he's running them out wide. And when you watch, he's being used as a decoy deep down the field. They're not wheel routes out of the backfield. He is being used as a decoy. So if that's the reason, then I hope they fix that because that is not acceptable. It's not an excuse. Use him the best best of his ability. Stop using him as a decoy. You're going to tire him out. And then when he comes in to run, he's going to be gassed. And then he's going to have to be... That's probably what's happening. Maybe you're right. But... I've seen that too often, and I'm hoping they get that figured out. I think that's something where Van Jefferson shows up uh, after the bye. They'll probably use Henderson more as a running back, more as a leak-out running back, where if they use him in the passing game, they're not having him out wide. They still might do it, but maybe they won't. I don't know. Um, but it, it's it's pretty bad when you, you know, <laughs> you're absolutely exhausting this guy if, if you know, need be. Moving on to the passing game, uh, Cooper Cup went 80 yards, seven of eight targets. He's currently on pace to break Michael Thomas's single season reception record, and he's on pace for over 1,700 yards. 
Um, the conversation, if he does that, I hope people realize the conversation shifts away from this guy being the best NFL uh, wide receiver in the league to being one of the greatest NFL receivers ever. That conversation would shift because those would be two back-to-back incredible seasons. And this guy is already, what, top five in, in Rams receiving. Uh, he is on his way. And I think we've seen that this year. It's not just the offense. It's not just Sean McVay. It's not just, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford. Not everything has gone well. And Cooper Cup has done his best to, you know, really make an impact because of that. Uh, been really impressed with his him. And uh, he had a bad foot, they said. And he still had quite the game. Allen Robinson, 5 of 6 for 63 yards and a touchdown. You'll love to see it. They're finally using him in the way he should be used, playing above the rim. Everyone talks about his lack of separation, but they don't talk about the fact that he averages more yards of separation per play than that of DK Metcalf and, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts and, you know, Pickett, I mean, or sorry, Pickens, George Pickens and Mike Evans and Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin. I mean, the list goes on. You know, he averages, that's not his game, but it's not like he's not getting any separation. Uh, and in this game, they finally showed, like, he's not the issue. They just haven't been using him correctly. They finally gave him the jump ball. They finally gave him the jump ball near the sideline. Both came down with it. This is a guy that turns a 50-50 ball into an 80-20 ball. I've said that over and over again. Got to play above the rim, contorts his body, always has the wherewithal to get his feet in bounds. That body control is just rare, and he's got it. Uh, it's no different than throwing to Kenny Galladay, um, and it is a little different than throwing to Calvin Johnson, but it's no different than throwing to Kenny Galladay uh, when you know Kenny Galladay was in Detroit or Marvin Jones. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. I think he's going to get more confidence after the bye. We might see more of him. Van Jefferson might open him up more. So we'll see. I expect this offense to really take off after the bye. But again, stranger things have happened. Ben Skoranek, let's talk about him. Five of five for 40 yards and a rushing touchdown on a 17-yard run. Look, Skoranek got all of the flack last year. He couldn't even enjoy <clears throat> winning the Super Bowl because he was a big reason why Stafford was picked off. He was a big reason why that game came down to the wire against the 49ers because he dropped a wide open touchdown in the NFC title game. But everyone kept saying to me, you got to cut him. You got to cut him. He's not good. Give Tutu Atwell his reps. Give Jacob Harris. Give Lance McCutcheon. And I kept staying here and, and you know, sitting here and saying, look, He's a seventh round pick that wasn't even utilized that much in college. He was a seventh round pick that was forced in action. He's got invaluable experience. And if you give him a chance with the running back or the wide receiver room that he has, Eric Yarber is his wide receivers coach, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to do some things. And we're seeing that he is now second in average yards of separation in the league, only behind Gregory Dorch of the Arizona Cardinals. And he's fourth in fewest drops in the league. So his drop percentage is the bottom of the league. That is saying a lot for a guy that dropped almost every target thrown his way last year. He looks grown. He looks like a brand new receiver. And imagine that this is what happens when you develop and you don't give up on your young talent. Imagine what a seventh rounder can do, you know, when you actually show him the ways and you give him that experience. All these guys can play in the league. We're watching it over in New England. This Bailey Zappi kid doesn't look very bad. There's a chance he might end up being the starter over Mac Jones. It could be the next Tom Brady. I might be kidding there, but the point still stands. Skoranek 
Kaepernick is talented. Anyone in the NFL is talented. It's a matter of them getting their actual chances, and Skoranek is making the most of his. So when Van Jefferson comes back, the Rams are going to feel really good about being four deep there, maybe even getting Odell back. Like, I believe they will. And then you're five deep. You got 2-2 two, two at six. You know, I mean, you got to feel really good about your receiver room, especially the way you were battered with injuries. You're battered with injuries this year. You're battered with injuries last year. You know how quickly everything can go south. And with that said, another guy who's starting to be featured a little bit more is Brandon Powell, uh, who caught three uh, for uh, four for 27 on five targets. He had three carries for 13. I like his usage. I like that they're getting him involved. Uh, I mentioned it as kind of like an idea last year. And uh, it's nice to finally see him being utilized in the offense. I think the guy has talent uh, and he was this close away from getting a touchdown. So, um, you know, I don't know about fantasy relevancy, but he is he's getting there uh, as far as the confidence that this team has instilled in him. And Ronnie Rivers was displaying some good vision, ball carrier vision, balance and receiving ability out of the backfield on his 14 yard catch. Malcolm Brown added 13 on a catch. Henderson caught two on three targets for nine yards. I feel like they really just use him as a decoy. I mean, obviously, I think this guy should be used like Kamara, but he's not Um, just running those really low, low percentage, deep ball type of situations where he's running streaks down the field and Stafford's not targeting him. So, you know, there's definitely that. And then Higby only came away with two targets in this game after being second on the team coming into this game. I think a lot of it has to do with he showed up on the injury report and he's probably more banged up than Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup were, who were also on the injury report. And so they tried to kind of keep him in the game plan in case they needed him, but they didn't want to push him too far because they felt like they, they had this game won and other guys could step up when needed. Higby will be fine. Um, I can't see him having another game like that for a long time. I mean, he is, he's a very good tight end and he's playing his best football this year. So I feel like that was more about the injury moving on the offensive line, six, uh, six different combination. Like I pointed out that ties uh, the six all time or six, all of last year, um, all of last year. So that's crazy. They've already tied the six different combinations of last season on the offensive line in week six. Uh, they'll have seven in week eight when they come back from their bye, which is nuts. Nopum, unfortunately, tore his Achilles, so he is out for the year and might have to move to guard next year. But the good news for the Rams is that the offensive line shakeup actually worked out well. Uh, I think Nopum was going to play well in this game anyway. He just seemed like he was definitely on in those four pass protection reps. Uh, but re- regardless, they only gave up seven pressures and despite the fact you're moving pieces everywhere, you got a Larrick moving over from right guard to left tackle. You're taking a guy who hasn't started in the NFL with your team. and was just added to this roster a month ago in a Bushi and you're putting him at right guard and it worked. Alaric Jackson looks like the future of, of the left tackle position. Um, he was dominant and he went up against Brian Burns and didn't allow a pressure. Burns got a pressure, but it wasn't going up against him. They moved Burns away from him. So I think that speaks volumes to the type of player that Alaric Jackson is. And I'm very, very excited for his future with the Rams. And I hope they sign him ASAP because you have to know you have something with him and you have to get him signed immediately. So you don't lose him. Uh, Bobby Evans, man, do I get on this guy a lot? But last week I didn't get on him because he only gave up one pressure and 11, 
uh, opportunities. I did point out, I thought he played pretty well. Well, this time he had 34 opportunities and only gave up one pressure. So I thought he was stout in pass pro could have been better in the run game. And I think that's something he needs to work on, but he is athletic. And that's the thing. When the Rams went out and got him in the third round out of Oklahoma, they got a guy that they believed could be a right tackle of the future, could play left tackle, could play guard because of his athletic you know, ability and his versatility. And right now at left guard, it's two games in a row, not full games, but uh, you know, he's given up two pressures and a little bit over 45 snaps. I mean, um, I definitely want to see this, you know, if they can keep this up because he is a free agent, it would be good for him. It'd be good for the Rams if, you know, they got him cheap or whatever, uh, you know, but they need this right now. Um, there's not a guarantee that David Edwards will be back because of the concussion and going on IR. Uh, you don't know, and you don't want to screw around with that. So Bobby Evans playing this well is a good thing. And then you look at Jeremiah Cologne, and he struggled, but I felt a little bit better about him this week. I know he gave up four pressures, but no sacks given up. And I, I don't know. There was just there was something about him this week. I saw more confidence. Uh, he was going up against big, bad Derek Brown, who, I mean, my God, that guy dominated this game. And it doesn't show it because the Rams were able to move around him. But that interior pressure that he was able to have and uh, what he was able to do against the run, I'm a big fan of Derek Brown. That's a former first round pick. And that's for a reason. He, he's a hell of a talent. Um, I thought Henderson was stellar in pass pro. He gave up a pressure according to PFF and PFF gave him a really bad grade uh, 32. I don't understand why um, based on what I watched, I thought Henderson was outstanding in pass pro. There was that one rep where I think almost Stafford got in his way a little bit, but he didn't even give up the the sack and he was able to get around him and block the right guy. What makes Henderson so good in pass pro is that he knows he has the football IQ to block the right guy. But then on top of it, when he blocks him, he's like a mini offensive line. He mirrors well. And then on top of that, he has outstanding footwork. Uh, so that, I don't know. That's just something that I've noticed. Um, once again, I thought Abushi played well and gave up one pressure was thrown in there, uh, not in the middle of the game, but towards the beginning of the game. And I thought he played really well, uh, had a couple bad reps, but I think it was more so when he got acclimated and got more uh, in tune with the rest of the offensive line, they played as a collective unit and you saw the best out of him there. Uh, once again, the Rams started their 10th different offensive lineman and we'll have their seventh different starting combination coming out of the bye. So do not forget that. The hope is they're going to get uh, Brian Allen back for the 49ers game, but that's not a guarantee. So we'll see how that goes on the defensive side. The defense was all you could ask for. Okay. They did not generate a ton of pressures, only five. Uh, but I do think that was part of what the Panthers were trying to do. They were just trying to get the ball away quickly. They did not trust PJ Walker against this defense. Um, I mean, this defense was so dominant. Jalen Ramsey got his second sack of his career in back-to-back -back weeks. Marquise Copeland continues to ball out. He got a sack in this game, and uh, he outsnapped Greg Gaines in this game uh, as well. He had 24 snaps, and Gaines was in the teens. So I don't know what's going on there, but Gaines is a contract year guy, and Copeland could take over. Uh, because you don't know how Bobby Brown is going to be. Uh, we'll we'll talk about him in a little bit later. But uh, the pass rush again was held in check. The defense only gave up three points despite that. Um, and the defense has been absolutely fantastic the last four weeks. The Rams should be 5-1 and one because of it. They've held teams to under 20 points. 
Uh, it has just been exactly what the doctor ordered. And while they do give up some splash plays here and there, they still do such a good job in alleviating the pain. And I will say this. If you haven't figured it out by now, this is Raheem Morris's last year. He is 100% going to be a head coach at the end of the, at the end of the year. He has done a magnificent job. The Rams defense is in mid-season form right now. And just wait because I don't think the pass rushes is great because I think you look at a guy like Leonard Floyd and you've seen what he he's done even without Von Miller. So it wasn't a Von Miller thing. Uh he's still with AD and I think Leonard Floyd you give him some time uh, after the bye, I think he'll come back. He'll be healthier. He was dealing with a knee. I think he'll come back, and I think he'll be better, you know, as a pass rusher. I think it'll open up things for the other side. Um, Holland's had a pressure in this game. Lewis has been kind of a disappearing act after starting off the season, you know, pretty well. And it doesn't look like they'll have Daniel Hardy back anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, they have Tack McKinley, but I definitely think that they could be looking at a pass rusher at the deadline, maybe even before the deadline, because you have the buy. That's the time. If you could trade for a guy at the buy, then now you can kind of acclimate him over the bye week. Uh, so that would be ideal because I do think this team needs to generate more than five pressures in a game. I do think it was more based around the fact that the Panthers got rid of the ball quickly and they weren't throwing the ball deep down the field. Um, so because those plays don't have to develop, it's harder to get pressure, but they're not getting the pressure that they need to get. And I do think that falls on the edge and, uh, we'll see. I think we'll see a move. I, I really do. Um, everyone's talking about Christian McCaffrey. I don't see how McCaffrey helps, you know, as much as what people are saying. I think if you just use Daryl Henderson the right way, if you mix your pitches up with, you know, Ronnie Rivers and Malcolm Brown, and then when Kyron comes back, that's fine because I expect the offense, the passing game, to take it up a notch when Van Jefferson comes back, potentially OBJ. You know, I don't think they need to go out and get a running back, and they definitely don't need to pay a top dollar for a running back. Um, I'm always, you know, told how running backs don't matter, and then the same people who are saying running backs don't matter want to trade for a running back. I, I don't they want to trade premium picks for a running back. That doesn't make sense to me. However, trading premium picks for a pass rusher does, and I think that's possible, whether it is Brian Burns at the end of the day. I don't know if they're going to trade him. I really believe if he's available, if he can be had, he will be a ramp. That's as best as I can put that. But if he is not available and the Panthers don't want to trade him, then he's not available and the Rams can't get him. That also leaves the door open for Washington, who doesn't look like a good football team, in my opinion. You know, you look over at Montez Sweat. I think Montez Sweat becomes an option. The Bears don't look like a good football team. Robert Quinn becomes an option. So those are some guys to keep in mind. Josh Ushay, who's having a pretty solid year for the Patriots, but isn't utilized anywhere near as much as he could be. Uh, he could be an option. So do not rule those out. I do think the Rams are going to make a play for a pass rusher because there's no way you're watching this team and thinking, man, all they need is a running back. Okay. They have plenty of talent at running back. They just don't run the ball enough and they force this committee backfield that shouldn't be forced. But pass rush, as great as this defense is, pass rush allows you to start taking the ball away and giving your offense more opportunities, stealing possessions. How big was it to have Von Miller off the edge and hitting, you know, colliding with Aaron Donald in the backfield, me in the backfield, you know, with a running back or with a quarterback enforcing a fumble? Uh, you know, fumbles are huge. You, you want it. You want to force turnovers. And I think the best way you do that is with pressure. Uh, it also helps the, the, you know, the corners out. And so 
I think that's where the the direction lies. I think that's where they were going. I think that's always where they were going. Um, They wanted to test it out. And at the trade deadline, it allows them to test everything out. All right, we waited. Now we'll make this trade. You're not hustling to trade away your picks because you do have value. The Rams have drafted good players with draft picks. But I think it makes sense to hold on. And that's what they did. So at the end of the day, uh, I like the Rams going out and getting a pass rusher. I don't think they get a running back. And while this is a little off where we were talking about, the defense is still doing a great job. And I'm not trying to say they're not, but they need pass rush because it may not hurt against the Panthers. It may not hurt against the Cardinals or the Falcons or any of those type of teams. But when you start playing against Tom Brady, when you start playing against Aaron Rodgers, when you start playing against Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, I mean, those guys can make you pay if you're not putting pressure on them. So that's something to keep in mind. And that's why I think the Rams hundred percent are going to get a guy by the deadline, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's during the bye week we move on to what I was saying uh, before all that Ernest Jones balled out great game. Okay. He had a huge tip ball uh, towards the end of the game. Poor Jacob Eason. All he does is throw picks in the Rams. Uh, you know, he had a huge tip ball that went into an, a Nick Scott interception who I will say needed that because Nick Scott's been missing a lot of tackles and I, I really like the guy, but he's started to struggle a little bit, but you know who didn't struggle Taylor Rapp. That's right. Guy gets a lot of flack and I've given him some flack lately, but Taylor Rapp had one of the best games I've seen him play in his career. I thought he was outstanding. Didn't break, you know, no tackles given up, did not miss a tackle. Uh, just thought he played with some serious edge and, uh, you know, I liked him in coverage. I thought he was solid in coverage. I thought he was good, you know, at just dropping in, operating around the line of scrimmage and able to make the plays uh, needed. And I thought you you saw that. It showed up, uh, you know, when I rewatched the game. Corners, Darion Kendrick, David Long, and Jalen Ramsey absolutely shut down the Panthers. You can say what you will about the Panthers being banged up. You can mention Robbie Anderson, who's already on the Cardinals at the time I'm recording this. You can talk about, okay, like they're not throwing the ball deep down the field, but they still have DJ Moore. They still have Tommy Tremble. Okay. They like LaVisco was out, but they still have Terrace Marshall. He's a former second round pick in his own right. They like shy Smith. I mean, they just shut down the wide receivers. That's what happened. Uh, the, they shut him down so badly. There were six receptions for Carolina that went for 27 yards. That's an absolute beatdown by the Rams secondary and the defense held PJ Walker to to get this. I could not believe this stat when I saw this come through on Twitter. Next Gen Stats was, uh, according to Next Gen Stats, PJ Walker had his longest air yard completion of one yard. Everything else came behind the line of scrimmage. That is insane. That is a dominant performance. There's hardly any pass rush that was being generated and they force this. So that tells you that this defense can be an absolute freak show if they had another good pass rusher on the outside. I think Floyd will get it together. I think it's more so the injuries. He's had a slow start. Coming off the bye, I think he'll be rejuvenated, and I think he'll be good to go. And I think you're already starting to see, you know, Floyd is playing a little bit better. But 
make no mistake, if they go out and get like a Montez Sweat on the other side or somebody like that, even Robert Quinn, uh, that is exactly what they need for this off the, for this defense to really take off. Uh, they'll get Troy Hill back at some point. They'll get to Kobe Durant, who's also banged up. Uh, I think he was really close to playing in this game, so he'll be ready to go for week eight. Um, and I think that speaks volumes to what they believe in him. Uh, they didn't want to bring him back in this game because they felt like they could handle it, and they like him long term. So if maybe this guy ends up starting ahead of David Long next week, who knows, or, you know, the next time they play. Uh, but that was definitely telling. But anyway, they're going to get healthier on defense. They're going to get healthier on offense. And so when they do, you know, at that point, we'll know who the Rams really are. And I think as much as everyone's talking about OBJ and Christian McCaffrey, I think the thing that I, the Rams really could use is a premier pass rusher off the edge. And you can say what you will about Robert Quinn, it's not just a re reunion of sorts. If they could get Robert Quinn back, I mean, this guy had, what, 19 sacks last year? He's a damn good pass rusher. He'd be back with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, the way Marquise Copeland's playing, Sean Robinson, Greg Gaines, potentially Bobby Brown. There's a lot to like here, but I think that they're missing one pass rusher. I like Justin Hollins as an edge defender. I like Terrell Lewis as a flashy edge defender that he can win a rep, and one time he wins a rep, you're like, this guy's the best pass rusher in the league. He looks like the most decorated pass rusher in the league. Uh, he has reps like that, but then he has a rep where you're like, where'd he go? I didn't even see him. So you want to see more out of Terrell Lewis. You want to see more out of Justin Hollins, but you have to also understand that maybe that's what they are. They're guys that can flash at times. Uh, Justin Hollins is more of the conservative type of, you know, uh, basically you want to contain. Uh, he's not really going to attack, but he's going to contain. He's not going to show as much aggressiveness. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, this defense all in all, aside from that, I think has been superb and they're playing at the right time. Hopefully they keep this going outside of the bye and uh, the Rams can get back and stay in the win column for a while. Uh, I do believe that. Special teams, real quick, looking at it. Riley Dixon, once again, continues to be a solid punter for the Rams. Have no issue with them keeping him. Uh, Matt Gay was perfect. Three extra points and a field goal. I know he missed one last week. He was pretty bummed about that, but, you know, good stuff from him. How about Michael Hoyt? He got the uh, return. It was a little bit of a squib kick type of uh, kickoff, and he took the return and looked like an animal with the ball in his hand. So love to see that. Uh, Powell didn't really get much of a chance, but he did take a punt return for 15 yards and, um, you know, was a help in the, the run game and the receiving game. But in the special teams unit, the 15-yard punt return is definitely good. Uh, Grant Haley, Christian Roseboom, Jake Gervas, Russ East, and Jake Hummel deserve recognition. They played very well on special teams. And I think really this year, Haley and Yeast have been the special teams aces. The Rams got a serious special teams ace in Russ East late in the draft. That is going to be a guy who turns into like a Nick Scott. Uh, that That's somebody they like a lot. And uh, I'm excited, you know, for him. I'm excited for Quentin Lake long term whenever he starts playing. And Grant Haley, I mean, he should have played more on the offense or not the offense, but more on the defense. Uh, but he took the uh, the back seat a little bit, just went back on special teams and balled out. I thought he was outstanding. So um, that that was that on to the bye for the, the Niners week. Basically, the thing that we're looking at, get healthy, right? 
Van Jefferson, Kobe Durant, Brian Allen, maybe Quentin Lake, maybe Traven Howard. I want to see all those guys in some capacity back. Uh, hopefully you get Bobby Brown, the third back from the suspended list. We'll see how that goes. I mean, he's a fourth round pick in his own right. They do like him. So we'll see it, how much they like him. Uh, I can't imagine they cut him or trade him or anything like that, but we'll see. We'll see how they acclimate him and, and all that. Uh, hopefully we get some news about Troy Hill and Kyron Williams. Maybe they come back to practicing. Would love to see those guys get involved more. Um, and then hopefully they work on the run game a little bit, you know, go over things, you know, over the buy, see if you can get the ground game going consistently, uh, run more with Henderson, commit to it, stop using him as a decoy. Um, now that Van Jefferson's back, there won't be much of an excuse to have him running, you know, giant streaks down the field on the outside when he's your running back and making him tired, you know, so then he can't be your running back. Um, and then I think you want to focus potentially, I mentioned the edge, but you also want to focus potentially on, you know, seeing if you can acquire some more depth on the offensive line. Uh, they're on to their 10th starter at this point. So, you know, even though I'm not necessarily saying trade for a starter because I like where they're at right now, I know that sounds weird, but I do. Um, I don't think it hurts to go out and get another depth piece to replace Nopum because you do now have an open spot. Nopum's going to go to IR. He's done for the year. Now you have an open spot. You could say that could go to Van, but I would argue that you want to bring in another offensive lineman. You've already been proven that, that you need offensive line. Uh, I know they took, you know, Chandler Brewer, they elevated him to the active roster, uh, you know, off the practice squad. He still goes back to the practice squad. So he's still just an elevation. You know, you have guys like Matsker on the roster. You have guys like Abushi, but I would like to see them try to see if they can get somebody maybe cheap. Maybe, a, you know, if there's an Austin Corbett guy out there that a team doesn't want to develop, maybe it's Isaiah Wynn. I don't know, uh, but I would like to see them try and do something there because, I do think you need some depth on the offensive line. It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, you're in a David Edwards season away, like out for the year away from really being in a tough spot. Uh, Brian Allen setback. You always have to think about things like that. You don't have no boom. Uh, Edwards is on IR. He's going to miss four weeks because of that. Uh, you know, Allen, the hope is that he'll be back, but you never placed him on IR. And, you know, if you were to have a setback or something, then you don't have him. Those are three of your five starters that are out. Your right guard that you drafted in the third round, Logan Bruss, had a freak ACL tear in preseason. You don't have him. You don't have Coleman Shelton, you know, and then at right tackle, you just have Havenstein. So uh, it was great to see Havenstein get going in this game. It was great to see all the others, but depth is key, man. Uh, the Rams are better for going through this, in my opinion, because like Sean McVay mentioned, all these guys are getting an opportunity. Like we talked about, Ben Skoranek is better today because he got the opportunity yesterday. And what I mean by yesterday is last year. So Cologne is going to be better because he had already faced this. So if they need him in the playoffs, if all of a sudden they go down and now Cologne is starting in the playoffs, he has experience starting. Uh, you know, if, if that happens, Abushi has experience starting. Evans has experience starting. Uh, Alec Jackson has experience. Like this is good and bad. But we're going to focus on the good here because this experience is invaluable. There's nothing like live bullets and live NFL regular season snaps. And that's why it is so key here. If they can continue to win these games and they can build this confidence, 
it's only going to get better in my opinion uh, for these guys. And um, you know, I'm excited about that opportunity for Sean McVay and company. So at the end of the day, the Rams are three and three. They head into a much needed buy. They're going to try to get healthy. And in addition to that, they got Niners week coming out of that. So big opportunity here. The Niners lost to the Falcons, the Buccaneers lost, the Packers lost all the big dogs lost right uh, in the NFC, except for the Eagles. Um, so the Rams have a huge opportunity here because the 49ers lost and now they're three and three. They have the tiebreaker over the Rams, as we know. Uh, so they're ahead, but it's a three-way tie for the NFC West title right now. If the season ended today, the 49ers have a head-to-head win over the Rams and Seattle. So they're number one. The Rams, however, are going on a bye. So the 49ers lost to the Falcons. Now they play the Chiefs coming off a loss to the Bills and they play the Rams. So People will look at this and say, there's no way the Rams are beating the Niners. The Niners aren't losing three straight, but I'm going to look at it like this. If the Rams come out of the bye and they play well and they're not rusty and they defend their home turf and they beat the Niners, they just put the Niners in a three-game losing streak. That skid is going to come back to bite them because I'll tell you right now, if you can get the Niners three games on a three-game losing streak, if you can win that game, the Rams are now four and three. The Niners are now three and five. So it changes everything. It completely changes everything. You don't play the Niners again the whole year. And I would argue that the majority of their team is based to, on basically beating the Niners or beating the Rams. So if you beat the Niners, you put yourself in a good position to win that division. Then you got Seattle left. You already played Arizona once. You'll have Arizona again. So, you know, it's something to keep in mind. Um, but it's an exciting opportunity for the Rams. And I don't know. I think Sunday was a reminder that if you're one of those people that says there's no way they're going to do it, they're done. They're not going to repeat. They might not even make the playoffs. Well, it was a reminder because Kenny Pickett was beating Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, the team that a lot of people had winning the NFC and Pickett goes down. He gets concussed. And what do you know? Mitch Trubisky comes in and still beats Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa's honestly a bad call away from potentially being two and four right now with the Falcons. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And then in addition to that, you look at the Packers Packers lost to both New York teams. They lost in London and they just got dominated by the jets 27 to 10. It's just a constant reminder. I mean, 28 to 14 was the score. Like the Falcons dominated the 49ers. So this is the league. The Ravens had multiple possession wins or so they looked, they were winning by multiple possessions the last like three losses they've had. And they lost all three of those games after leading by multiple possessions going in the fourth quarter. So the Rams are out of it. And if you're sitting there giving up on this team, you're going to miss what could be a really fun ride. It's exciting because Sean McVay is having to go through what is very similar to a 2019 look, but he could prove a lot of people wrong. I think they get Van Jefferson back. I think they get Brian Allen, and I think they win against the Niners coming out of the bye. But we'll see. Until next time, I'm Jay Kellenbogen, and this has been the Believe in Rams podcast. You can follow. You can subscribe. You can drop a comment. You can drop a review. You can hit the thumbs up button. I'm Jay Kellenbogen, and I'll see you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.